Hi, this is Stephen Ambrose, Senior Pastor at Wapak Naz. I want to welcome you to the Wapak Naz podcast. We hope and pray that this message goes deep into your DNA, is encouraging, relevant to your life, a means for you to engage with God and experience His love, and moves you to impact your world. We at Wapak Naz believe firmly that you matter to God. We are glad that you are taking the risk to engage with Him today. Wapak Naz is love people loving people to Jesus, and it takes people to partner with us to be on mission and bring this message to our community, the region, and the world. If you would like to financially partner with Wapak Naz to love people to Jesus, join us by going to our website at wapaknaz.org and becoming a financial partner. We thank you, we pray for you, we love you, and enjoy the message. And we're going to read 22 through 23 uh, here in, in just a few minutes. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 through 23, or 33, I'm sorry. And so today is Superhero Sunday, and many of you dressed up like superheroes. Do I have any super women, Wonder Womans, super women, bat women, bat girls, bat men, Iron Men, Flash? Who do we have? Batman, Deadpool. I am I am I am super sanctuary according to Craig. Super sanctuary. I match. It's daring, don't you think? So anyhow, uh, as I was thinking about Superhero Sunday, uh, I began to wonder about who are my superheroes, and and Matthew can wax eloquent about DC and Marvel and Iron Man and Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman and. Green Lantern and uh, um, nobody's favorite who rides that little horse. What is that? The seahorse. Who is that guy? Aquaman. Nobody's favorite. <laughs> uh, anyhow, he, he can wax eloquent about them and, and, and debate about that for, for, for days. But as I began to think through uh, my superheroes, um, they, they don't wear masks. And... Uh, they, they really, they don't wear capes. Um, for me, the superheroes uh, in my life, they're more like human beings that do superhuman things. Like the, the surgeon that saved my mom's life not once but twice. Like the anesthesiologists who prayed over my sister before her surgery just a couple weeks ago. Just like the same surgeon who saved my mom not once but twice also removed as much cancer from my sister's body as humanly possible. It's the nurses in the chemo ward that absolutely care for each and every individual that walks in there with their life teetering between life and death. It's, it's the people like my nephew Tyler and people like him who don their uniform, the fire retardant uniform that enables him to literally walk into fire. It's our dispatchers and our men and women in law enforcement that actually go out to serve and protect, to do good, to protect their community at all costs. Those, those are the superheroes, heroes, the, the human beings that kind of do kind of superhuman things. But even more so, I know that many of you do not don the surgeon mask. 
You don't have the wield the steady hand. Many of you are not called to do those things, to go into danger, to, to take courage in the face of danger, regardless of the cost of your life, to protect life, to preserve life. But my list of superheroes isn't just pigeonholed into those categories. Honestly, if I really thought hard about it and spoke hard about it, it's, it's a broader category. It's the human being that learns to live their life to the fullest as an image bearer of their creator. Because it's everyone, each and every individual who chooses Jesus Christ can live that superhuman life. That can live that life that is to the fullest in the image of their creator. It's the individual who doesn't have it all together. I'm pretty sure a lot of us can fit in that category. Who doesn't understand all the scriptures or what it all means, but who by faith in Jesus Christ steps into the greater things of the kingdom of God risking all the things of the world. It's the ordinary human being who lives in the fullest of their life, who may not understand how to pray, but prays anyway. It's the ordinary human being doing extraordinary things because of their relationship with their Creator, God, through Jesus Christ, by doing good in their neighborhood, by being salt and light light and yeast in their communities, by putting themselves on the line for their neighbor, by forgiving those that have hurt them, by loving their enemies, all of them, by praying for those who persecute them, by feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, shutting down sex trafficking rings, reconciling marriages, It's those people, because all of us can be those people. All of you can be those people through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We are all ordinary human beings, but because of Jesus Christ, we can do extraordinary things that are contrary to our flesh and to our body, contrary to every DNA fiber that we have. We can live our fullest life as image bearers of our Creator. And in other words, it's as simple as those people who take courage. You can take courage. So we're learning about life and leadership in the Lord from the life of Simon Peter. This man who was a lot like us. A lot like you, boys and girls. He spoke out of turn. He didn't really have much of a filter. He actually got himself into messes that when he called on Jesus, Jesus got him out of. But he also had extraordinary, remarkable insights. He had courageously bold faith. And today, we're going to walk into this story where he takes courage. That he actually exhibits courageously bold faith. 
I don't know about you, but I want courageously bold faith, and sometimes I feel like I don't have it. Yes, a pastor admittedly said that. Open up to your scriptures. Matthew chapter 14, 22. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake, man alive. You don't want to miss that. Jesus came walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus, Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. Jesus literally, even in this sentence, spans the distance between your fear and courage. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, come. Come. Then Peter got down out of the boat walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why do you doubt? And when he climbed into the boat, the wind died. And those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God, Heavenly Father. In these next few moments, may the lessons become clear for our life. Not only for our spiritual walk, but when the spiritual walk manifests itself into reality, so that both of those look the same. Father, speak. Help us understand. Help us apply it. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. There's a lot of context to the story that I'm not going to get into, but I just briefly want to say that this is a moment after a long, exhausting day or so. They had been ministering. We have Jesus hearing about his cousin John the Baptist's loss of life. Several of those disciples, at least two of them, were his own disciples, and they are hearing the word that John the Baptist lost his life, and they were grieved. When Jesus pulled them out to a, a solitary place, people followed him, and Jesus said, hey, let's have compassion on them. And so they ministered even when they were emotionally, physically exhausted, spiritually exhausted. And then they feed 5,000, and Jesus says to the 12, get in the boat and go to the other side. There's the context in short. You can read that just in the few paragraphs prior to this. So what we have are exhausted individuals doing a physically exerting task of rowing to the other side. Jesus dismisses the crowd. 
and goes up onto the mountainside. He has a great vantage point of his 12 disciples as they are rowing the boat. Matthew says they're a considerable distance from shore. John, who is not a desk jockey tax collector, who is an actual fisherman, said we are about 3.5 miles, three and a half miles out from shore. He gets it to the point. But Mark says they were tortured. They were rowing and rowing, and it was straining. It was physically exhausting. How many of you have physically exhausting weeks or lives? You are in that boat. Jesus is on the mountainside. And he's praying. That's what he's doing. He's grieving. That's what he's doing. He's praying over his disciples. That's what he's doing. And so, on the fourth watch, folks, fourth watch, I don't know how many of you have to get up and go to the restroom about 15 times like I do. The fourth watch is 3 to 6 a.m., That's about the time I have to get up about three times to go to the restroom. It's late and it's early at the same time. It's been a long day and they've been rowing. And it says that the waves are buffeting, crashing against the boat. If you've been on Lake Erie on somewhat of a windy day, the boat's doing this and you're nauseated. Because I was. And what does Jesus do? Jesus himself. It says that he is walking on the lake towards his disciples. Don't miss this. Jesus himself, the Son of God, the creator of the universe. Creation is bending to the will of the Savior, and water has now become pavement, and Jesus himself is walking on the water. The same, very same waters that are tossing the boat and creating even experienced fishermen, fear within them. And so Jesus walks on the water, and he's walking as if he's going to pass them by. Don't pass me by, Jesus. And what do the disciples accuse Jesus of being? It's a ghost! Now, in a 21st century mindset, we don't really get this, but for that first century fisherman in the boat, If they believe they've seen a ghost or an apparition, that means that it's an ominous, impending oracle of doom and death. They are afraid. Isn't it interesting how we often put things on Jesus that really aren't His? Isn't it really interesting how we put things on God that really aren't Him? Disciples did that. So here come the lessons on the water. The lessons on the water just speak. And it involves Peter. Because Peter does something that no one else does in this moment. You might be thinking, well, yeah, he gets out of the boat and gets on water. But no, he asks a very specific question. 
he speaks to what is considered to be the ghost because the ghost says, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter doesn't necessarily believe what he sees nor believe what he hears, but he tests what he sees and he tests what he hears. And if you know your scriptures or if you don't know your scriptures, John, the disciple, the apostle, the writer of the book of John, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John in Revelation, actually writes in the book of John, or in 1st John, test the spirits to see if they are from God. I wonder if you recall this moment of Peter saying, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come onto the water to you. Peter used wisdom, wisdom, lesson number one. Folks, don't believe everything you hear or everything you see. Whether it is, is from close confidants or close counsel, if you're trying to discern the voice of God, you must test it. Filter it through the Scripture. God does not contradict Himself. He does not contradict the Word of God. And the more you test whether a voice is from God or not, you become so familiar with the voice of God, you already know it's Him, and it's no one else. Peter wields wisdom in this moment, even in a treacherous, horrific moment. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, however old or young you are, all of us can be wise in the ways of the Lord. However educated you are or however uneducated you are, you could be the wisest, smartest person in the room. Peter was wise in this moment. And he put into another practice a lesson that we must pick up real quick. He knew the basis of being a disciple of Jesus. He knew what it was to be a disciple. Because when Jesus calls to follow him, he says, you can be like me. In other words, go where I go, do what I do, be as I am. Go where I go, do what I do, be as I am. Go where I go, do as I do. Be as I am. And Peter understood the nature of the relationship between the teacher and the student and the Savior and the saved. Go where I go. Do what I do. Be as I am. And Peter reasoned, if I test the Spirit and it is the Lord and He tells me to come onto the water, I can do what my teacher is doing. I can be as my teacher is being. I can be like him. When you receive Jesus, or if you receive Jesus, Jesus is telling you, follow me. Do as I do. Go where I go. Be as I am. And so the story unfolds. We learn from Peter's wisdom. We learn the fact that he understands the relationship between the Savior and the saved. The Lord and His created. And what does Peter do? Or what does Jesus respond to? He says, come. That's all He does. Come. Jesus says, you can do as I do right now. Come. Peter gets down out of the boat. I don't know about you, 
I've gotten out of a boat off a dock, onto a dock, or onto dry land, but this is just a little weird. The scripture, the, the Greek literally says that he's descending out of the boat. I can imagine Peter just straddling the boat for a second, or even just getting his tushy right on the edge. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm go- This is weird. Remember, it's still furious waters. It's still fearful waters. The the other 11 are still fearing for their life, and I think Peter's probably fearing for his life as well. And he steps out of the boat. And Matthew says, he walked on water. Lesson three. When Jesus says, take courage in his eye, do not be afraid. And the distance between our fear and our courage is spanned by Jesus Christ. He literally means take courage, be strong of heart. How do we become people who take courage? We find it right here with Peter. We take one step at a time into the fear, into the darkness. Because as soon as Peter stepped out of that boat, that water became pavement. And he began to walk towards Jesus. Folks, I don't know the the limits to our human capacity. But I have understood in the last several months that many of us are living below what we are intended to live as. Not only in the states, but in the world. And dare we start to peel back the layers of our life and we can probably say, yes, there are a lot of moments in my life that I lived less than because I feared it but we are intended to live and the fullest as bearers of the image of God created with his fingerprints all over us. And for some of us, we have to take courage in this moment to step out because when we take courage, when we step into the fear, because their courage is not the absence of fear. We've said it many times in this room. It is not the absence of fear. It's actually stepping into it. It's into the darkness. Remember, this isn't when light is bright out. The sun is not out. It is dark. It is 3 to 6 a.m. in the morning. It is dark out. And Peter has to step into the darkness and step out of the waves, the very waves that have been making him fear for his life. And he stepped. And the moment he stepped, the water became pavement, and he walked towards Jesus. What I want us to remember when we take courage, courage is simply know who God is, know that He's calling you towards Him, and to step into that. That's courage. And so Peter stepped in. And you, many of you who have known this story, who have heard this story, probably think, 
man, he began to sink. That's not an unexpected moment. But what we miss is the scripture says that when he saw the wind, and if you've been around this story thousands of times or hundreds of times, you're saying, no, he didn't see the wind. He just saw the effects of the wind. I want to challenge that thinking. I want to challenge that moment. Because the scriptures literally say he saw the wind. He didn't see the effects of the wind. He saw the wind. I have preached it myself that he saw the effects of the wind, the waves. No, he didn't. He saw the wind. You're saying, well, how could he see the wind? Because when you step out and you take courage and you begin to walk on pavement that didn't exist in the first place, you begin to see the world not from the human perspective, from the divine perspective. Who are we to say that Peter didn't see the wind? He's walking on the stinking water in the first place. Who are we to say that Peter didn't see the wind? Jesus Christ, who was dead, rose from the dead three days later. Who are we to say that Jesus and Peter didn't see the wind? The sun stood still, which actually means the earth stopped moving. for a whole day. The waters parted. Peter saw the wind. When you step out and take courage and do things that God has called you to do and you know you're supposed to do them, things begin to open up to you that you never thought you would see in the first place. Take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. See the wind. I do think Peter saw the wind and got really shaken up because he'd never seen wind before. You begin to sink. Lesson number four, when you take courage and take those risks and you step out on those things that God has called you to do, you need to know that Jesus Christ is right there with you. He is for you to heal you. He is literally within arm's length of Peter. Close enough to grab him and pull him up. Then they have this really cool conversation. Literally standing on the water. You would think that in this moment, Peter would need picked up by Jesus. Moms and dads, kids, boys and girls, when you've been afraid, you've asked for your mom and dad to pick you up. Some of you probably still crawl in your mom and dad's lap. As a 27-year-old, when my life went crazy, I crawled up into my mom's lap. But Peter stood there on the water with Jesus. Something that you would think his failure wouldn't, would, would prevent him to do, but it didn't. He literally stood there on the water, and Jesus had a conversation with him. Then, then, they walked back to the boat on the same water. Imagine if you were one of the eleven sitting in that boat. How many of you have FOMO? Fear of missing out? Let me just tell you. Don't miss out. Don't miss out on what God has got for you and in your life. When we live below 
bearers of the image of God. We're not living the life to its fullest, and we're missing out. Y'all need to get out of the boat? I do. I do. Don't miss out. Don't miss out on water becoming pavement. The invisible invisible becoming visible for the first time in your life. When you take steps into faith, your faith becomes galvanized and you begin to see the world completely different from a perspective that is higher than yours, from thoughts that are higher than yours. Would you please just bow your heads for one moment? Jesus, I love you and I thank you and I praise you for who you are. We ask that in this moment that we learn from Peter's wisdom to test it, to help us discern your voice. God, if that's anyone in this room that is just struggling to hear your voice, may they test it. May they filter whatever they're hearing in their spirit or whatever counsel they're receiving through the word of God and through prayer. Holy Spirit, I know that you will make that clear. Lord, Father, for for us who are struggling with what it means to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus, a learner of Jesus. It's okay not to have it all figured out, but we must know that we are to go where you are and to do as you do and to be as you are, to become holy, to become whole, to become completed, to become mature. Father, for some of us, I don't know who is in here that needs to take courage and step out to get their tushy off the edge of the boat and get moving on the water. Lord, help us take courage. Courage will not come for anyone in this room, for anyone listening, until we step into it. Because then our life is just filtered by fear, filtered by hurt and pain. Things that we have done or things that somebody else have done. The voices that are silencing yours. God, help us take courage to step into that. Let's take those risks. And Father, for anyone that is stepping out right now, Lord, may they know that you are within our arm's reach, that you were there right with them, that you're proud of them for walking on the water for the first time. But really, it's about you're proud that they are listening to your voice and walking towards you. Bottom line, help us do that. Lord Jesus, we love you. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you are just struggling with being a disciple and understanding what that means, will you please raise your hand? Just raise your hand so I can pray over you. Amen. If you know right now that you need to take a step, take courage and step into the fear, whatever that may be, will you please raise your hand? Hold it high. So I know, thank you, thank you. If you are needing wisdom in the circumstances that you're in, you feel like you have no understanding of how to navigate it, please raise your hand. Thank you, thank you. Father, you saw the hands and the hearts. And for those who didn't raise their hands, Lord, I commit them to you. I commit them to your hands. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. 
Do not rely on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will make your path straight. We lean on that, and we lean on you. May they know that they're not alone. There's more than one person that raised their hand in each category. May they know they're not alone. Build our faith, and may we be bold and courageous in you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. We ask these things in your name. Amen. So, man, that's good stuff. Praise the Lord. Can we give God praise, please? Just give him a round of applause. Yeah. And I just want to say thank you for those of you that are taking steps in the direction of Jesus. So we've got some announcements here, and we've got some really cool stuff that's about to happen, about to go down, and it has to do with water. I did, and I don't know if I have Next week's goals. Last week's goal was $250, and I think we hit it. And 25 kids, or 20 kids today, and 90 people today. Grandpa, how many kids we got? A thousand? How many we got? How many? 27? 27 kids. Somebody's getting dumped. How many people we got here, Grandpa? Yes. 76. Almost close to our goal. Y'all got to invite people next week. Y'all need to invite people. So, Pastor Amy, who do we got? All right. Kanita! Come on down, come on down, come on down. And the next person's going to be T. Bring somebody down with you. Bring somebody down with you.
man, we just love to have fun in the name of the Lord and just fun in life. Hey, we love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength. And will you please love your neighbor as yourself? We love you. We'll see you next week. Have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening to the Wapak Naz podcast. We hope you are moved deeply to step into God and the hope and future he has for you and that you are moved to be salt, light, and yeast in your community and to love people to Jesus.